our show, just to name a few. He joined us, like I said, briefly at our Martin Luther King celebration, but we are thrilled, Dr. West, to have you join us this evening. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, my dear sister. I salute you. I salute your visionary and courageous leadership, President Cheryl Boston. I want to acknowledge my dear brother Doug, Vice President. I know leadership is very much a cooperative affair, and I want to acknowledge Sister Geraldine and Sister Beth, who I met just prior to our coming together. I am just so blessed, so honored, and so privileged to stand before the Maryland State Education Association. Why? Because teaching is a sacred profession. It is rooted in a profound calling, a career, but a calling. It may entail a career, but it's rooted in something deeper than even a profession. It is a vocation. I say that in a very personal way because my mother, Irene B. West, was an exemplary and remains exemplary human being. She was a teacher for over 25 years. She was a principal for another 13, and there's an elementary school named after her in Sacramento, California, called the Irene B. West Elementary School. It is no accident that I ended up being a teacher too. And so when you think of the role of teachers, the role of education, and the focus on the precious little ones, the children, the young people, how do we shape their hearts and minds and souls and bodies in such a way that they can be in the language of the great John Coltrane, a real force for good. So when we think about meeting the moment, who are we? How do we meet a moment? And we, so we begin with ourselves. We live in a moment that's so polarized and gangsterized that you don't begin with name calling and finger pointing. You begin with a critical examination of who you are. And I begin with the fact that I am who I am because somebody loved me. Somebody cared for me. Somebody attended to me. And yes, it was Clifton and Irene West. Yes, it was the teachers, Mrs. Saul, Mrs. Angel. Yes, it was Reverend Willie P. Cook, Deacon Hinton, Sarah Ray at Shiloh Baptist Church. All of that love went into the making and shaping of who I am. And when we talk about our present moment, which is the moment of spiritual decay, which is a moment of moral decrepitude, which is a moment of survival of the slickest and the richest and an indifference toward the vulnerable and a callousness toward the weak, that's a moment of deep crises that no democracy can survive based on greed, contempt, envy, resentment, so that the moral and the spiritual dimensions of what it means to be involved in education becomes a crucial moment and we begin with ourselves 
How do we become the very agents of truth and the condition of truth to allow suffering to speak? Everybody suffering. I don't care what color, what gender, what sexual orientation, but national identity, human beings, precious for dignity. And as a Christian, I would even say sanctity. But we know from all of our different traditions, religious and secular, we human beings have the capacity to cultivate what is required in order to become forces for good. My own case, situate and locate myself in a great tradition of a grand people, a black people who have been chronically and systemically hated for 400 years, but keep dishing out love warnings. What is it about these people? And in the face of all of that loathing, here comes Sojourner Truth, here comes Harriet Tubman, here comes Ida B. Wells, here comes Martin Luther King Jr., here comes Tony Morris, here comes John Coltrane's Love Supreme, here comes Stevie Wonder's Love and the Need of Love. Comes James Baldwin's love-soaked essays. Love forces us to take off the mask we know we cannot live within, but fear we cannot live without. That heightened vulnerability that has everything to do with the delicacy of relating to each other's humanity. And all I need to do is turn on a little Aretha Franklin. You know what I'm talking. I listen to a little David Ruffin and the silky soul of the temptation. This is not an, an, an invocation of entertainers. They also are educators because they are concerned about a quest for truth connected to suffering. They're concerned about justice in the form of love because justice is what love looks like in public, just like tenderness is what love feels like in private. I come from a tender people. It was read and said, try a little tenderness. Babyface has not just a rony, but a tender rony. There's something about kindness and gentleness, soulfulness. Oh, and right. soul is the sharing of a soothing sweetness against the backdrop of a grim catastrophe. And that's what we ought to do as educators. We learn from the artists and the musicians because educators at our best, we are artists. What do artists do? They master a craft and a technique. They get our precious young people to engage in a formation of attention so they learn to attend to the things that really matter, not the superficial things, but the substantial things, life, death, joy, sorrow, integrity, honesty, decency, generosity, sensitivity, not bodily titillation and stimulation or instant gratification, all of that superficial stuff that constitute dominant ways in our spiritually declining, morally decrepit times. How do we get them to shift that attention? No longer be obsessed and addicted to distractions by distractions with distractions. 
We tend to the most important things. That's what education does. Going back to Plato's Republic, I'm going to get you to turn the soul from the surface realities to the deeper enduring realities. And that formation of attention goes hand in hand with the cultivation of a critical mind to think critically. Like Socrates, the unexamined life is not worth living. You know, how do we think critically? Discipline. Putting our arguments forward. Telling our stories honestly. Generating our narratives candidly. Formation of attention, cultivation of a critical mind, and then the maturation of a loving soul. The maturation of a loving soul. We don't want our young folk just to be smart as opposed to wise. Let the phone be smart. We're going to be wise. We don't want our young people just to be sophisticated in their skills but don't have sensitivity to the suffering of others. Empathy and love and compassion. Yes, I come from a people who produce, not just love warriors. They're freedom fighters too. Because in the face of terrible things, they respond the way Frederick Douglass did. You terrorize me. I'm not going to terrorize you. I want freedom for everybody. Oh, can you imagine if black people had chosen to terrorize white brothers and sisters the way white brothers and sisters had been terrorized? Black folk would have been a civil war every generation. Yes. Wouldn't even have a democracy. Yes, yes, yes. Time you look at black people, you ought to just give them a standing ovation. We thank you for Amen. Dorothy Heights. Where does she come from? We thank you for the Shirley Chisholm. We thank you for the, the Malcolm X's and others, especially that later Malcolm. Early Malcolm was wrong about white brothers and sisters. They're not devils, but he was trying to keep track of devilish behavior. That's right. Devilish behavior is a human thing, but white supremacy is no joke. Come on now. No joke at all. It's deadly. But to be a love warrior, and a freedom fight. And then to be traumatized for 400 years and decide to be a wounded healer rather than a wounded hurter. Woo! And all of us got scars, all of us got bruises. But yeah. you take the suffering and you transfigure it in such a way that with your heart, mind, and soul as a Thoroughly educated. I didn't say miseducated the way Carter G. Woodson understands it. He's right. Educated all the way down. So you're all the way live the way our folk masters from Dayton, Ohio understand. When you're all the way live, your mind is sharp, your soul is sensitive, your body is ready to take on whatever bird. You're ready to be then a blues educator. What is a blues educator? Uh, what is the blues? Blues ain't nothing but a personal narrative of a catastrophe lyrically expressed. You're on intimate terms with catastrophe. Nobody loves me but my mama, and she might be jiving too. That's B.B. King. He's the king of the blues. Strange fruit that a genius from Baltimore City named Billy Holiday sang about. That's catastrophe. 
not a, a Negro problem, that's a catastrophe visited upon black people. But in being on intimate terms with catastrophe, you still respond with self-respect and self-trust and self-assurance for self-determination. So that the blues is very much about in the face of all of the despair and catastrophe, we will not deny it, but we won't allow despair and catastrophe to have the last word. Yes. So as a blues educator, wrestling with the precious ones who are wrestling with catastrophe, too many dilapidated schools, too many indecent housing, not enough health care for the poor and working classes. Thank God for the trade union movements that put the focus on working people, but understanding what? understanding that it's not ever a matter of simply justice. Justice is fundamental. Justice is indispensable. But any justice that's only justice soon degenerates into something less than justice. You, you need love. Justice is not being a do-gooder. Justice is not a fad. Justice is not some kind of fashion to make you feel good about yourself. No. Love undergirds the justice. Justice is what love looks like in public because they go together, but love is deeper. So as a teacher, you are there because you have a deep, genuine care for the children. That's deeper than justice. That includes mercy. That includes patience. That includes embrace of the ones that are given up on themselves, but you refuse to give up on them. That's why I'm here today, because of my teachers and my mother and my father and those who never gave up on this brother. And I'm not going to give up on anybody, because I'm a living example. I'm a testimony of what teachers can do to keep a particular life together, a community together that preserves a tradition that's always looking for that justice grounded in genuine care and concern. Our Jewish brothers and sisters talked about hesed, one of the great gifts of Hebrew scripture to the world. Hesed, loving kindness and steadfast love. Spread it to the orphan, the widow, the fatherless and the motherless. Spread it to the persecuted and the subjugated and the dominated. Do justly love mercy, walk humbly with thy God, says my God. Yes, you don't have to be a follower of Judaism, Christianity, Islam to understand the profound truths of the connection of love and justice and healing and freedom all headed toward democracy. And what is democracy? Democracy ain't nothing but the concrete institutionalization of a jazz sensibility. Because lift every voice is the anthem of black people. Democracy is about lifting your voice. It doesn't say lift every echo. You can't be an extension of an echo chamber and have a democracy. You gotta learn how to find your voice. You can't be a blues woman or a jazz man without finding your voice. You can't be a copy. You can't just be an imitation or an emulation. You gotta be a creation. And we try to move our children, move our precious ones of all colors from just copying everybody, being conformist. Find out who you are, and your voice is just like your fingerprint. Ain't nothing, nobody in the world like you. And you're the only one got that fingerprint. You're the only one got that voice. 
And as teachers, you all understand, you're the only one who can execute your vocation given the distinctive and singular gifts that you have. Oh, what a great calling you have. And I want to end on a note of joy because our culture with impunity and lack of accountability and lack of answerability and lack of responsibility, especially those at the top, organized greed at the top, institutionalized contempt of poor and working people too much at the top. Yes, places like Harvard too. I got to deal with it every day. That's why I'm in but not of the place. Just like I'm in and not of the world. The key is finding the joy in what you're doing, in your calling, in your vocation. Talking good. Because once you got the access to that joy, you got something that nobody can take away. And that joy is connected to memories that nobody can erase. And that constitutes the wind at your back for the hope. Never give up on the children. And hope ain't got nothing to do with optimism. Black people have never been optimistic about America. But it had nothing to do with pessimism either. Because don't be surprised by evil or ever, ever paralyzed by pessimism. You got to get fortified in order to fructify. You got to get ready in order to engage in your deeds, in your actions. And hope is going to be as much a verb as a virtue. Hope is not a move. It's not a feeling. It sets a standard. And as long as you stay in motion, as long as you engage in your actions, as long as you keep your connection to excellence, moral and spiritual at the highest level, and then are willing to give of yourself, empty yourself in order to empower others, then you're ready with a tradition that I'm talking about. That's the train that Curtis Mayfield was talking about when he said people get ready, don't need no ticket, just get on board. That's the caravan of love that the Isaac brothers were talking about. That's the love train that the OJs were talking about. Not just songs, but ways of life, modes of being in the world. And that's the only way you can bring together that justice, that love, that freedom, that healing, that education at its deepest level. I'm not talking about cheap schooling. I'm talking about deep education, about transformation, a sense of humility, a sense of tenacity, and a sense of maturity, of growing up, not just growing big, not just growing rich, not just growing old, but growing up, maturity. That's what the best of the black freedom struggle has been trying to tell America. You've been too childish, addicted to innocence. When you're going to grow up, when you're going to have the sensitivity, when you're going to have the vision, when are you actually going to create the democracy that you put on paper, but yet to put into practice in the way in which it ought. So thank you all for allowing me to say a few words, and I'm here to learn, I'm here to listen. I salute each and every one of you and never forget that you are tied to a sacred profession and already are forces for good, but all of us stand in need of correction, 
All of us stand in need of empowerment. All of us stand in need of inspiration. Thank you, Dr.